Though they share many cultural similarities, the U.S. and the U.K. have fundamentally different perspectives on life. American values are based around the myth of the cowboy. They value a pioneering spirit and hold fast to the belief that a man is the master of his own destiny. The British, on the other hand, believe every meal should come with a big pile of peas, which are gross. <laughs> Wait, what was I talking about? My point is that we're pitting two teams of comedians against each other in a pop culture quiz to see which country is best. It's International Waters. Hey gang, it's Jesse. International Waters is supported by donations from listeners like you. It's expensive to make, so please go to MaximumFun.org slash donate to support the show. We're also supported by the all-new Squarespace 6. Squarespace is a website for making websites. It's easy to use no matter what your level of skill. They've got new templates and an easy drag-and-drop interface. Go to Squarespace.com and use the offer code WATERS8. That's Waters8 at Squarespace.com for 10% off. You're listening to International Waters. I'm your host, Jesse Thorne, and I'll be mediating this vital, not pointless at all contest from my luxury recording yacht, which is currently adrift in Killary Harbor, one of Ireland's most famous fjords. I chose this <laughs> body of water in particular because I enjoy saying... Fjord. If you listen closely, you might just hear the gentle strains of a real Irish bar fight. Wait for it. There she is. Oh, they're arguing about Thor and Captain America. Come on, Cap, get him. <laughs> Playing for the nation that enjoyed American reunion more than America. It's a stand-up who's appeared on the News Quiz and Mock the Week and Comedy Central's The World Stands Up. It's Ava Vidal. Hey, Ava, how are you doing? Hey, I'm fine, thank you. You, uh, you sound spectacular. You sound like, uh, uh, like an old-timey chanteuse. Um, no, it's just a lot of smoking weed. <laughs> so, Ava, I have a question for you. You're a stand-up comedian, and I think a lot of stand-up comedians have a sort of uh, menial job before they make their career as a stand-up. A lot of times they'll be a waiter or, a, a, you know, work at a bar, something like that. As I understand it, you were a prison guard? Yeah, cor- How is that possible? Officer, you guys call it, right? Yeah, a CO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like yeah, it was it was great. It was like um it was like Oz every day. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that instead of money in the federal penitentiary system in the United States right now, uh because uh, cigarettes have been made contraband, they use packs of mackerel. F- you know, sort of frozen not frozen, but like freeze-dried Canned? packages of mackerel because they cost a dollar at the commissary. Yeah. And so they're worth about a dollar and they call them max. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I just can't believe that the guys in that prison, they were just very uh, good at working things out. They've got a lot of time on their hands. So they would do a lot <laughs> of crazy things. And uh, yeah, it was pretty amazing. They can find a use for absolutely everything. Was there anything particularly uh, amazing that you saw? Oh, yeah, actually. The most amazing thing I ever saw, right, was we were out on the exercise yard 
and we saw loads of okay we were going out taking the guys out to exercise every day and like the first couple of days we were like a few dead pigeons so we thought oh wow that's interesting and then one day we went out right and it was like a plague from the bible there was loads of dead pigeons on the floor so uh, one of the officers kicked a pigeon and he spun it over and you saw some really bad stitching on the pigeon's uh, stomach what they had been doing right was getting people from the outside to kill pigeons cut them open, put drugs in them, sew them back together and throw them on the exercise yard. So when they came out for exercise, they would just pick them up. So yeah, that was, that, I think that was probably the most crazy thing that I ever saw in there. Wow. Yeah, I was going to share the story of the time that DJ Victoria at my college radio station, who hosted the Gotham Industrial Show, uh, got a beautiful foot-long black rose made entirely of toilet paper. But this sort of crazy <laughs> Frankenstein drug mule dead pigeon thing really blows that out of the water. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to spoil your story. Is that how they thought carrier pigeons worked? Uh, no. Drug carrier pigeons, yeah. yeah. Oh, my Lord. Well, at least those pigeons died for a good cause, right? Exactly. Yeah. Getting inmates high somewhere. <laughs> Joining Ava will be an actor who collaborated with Maverick British improviser Ken Campbell, was part of the award-winning sketch group The Consultants, and co-wrote a really sweet BBC comedy series that I, or technically our producer Colin, highly recommend called Home Time, Mr. Neil Edmund. How Hello. are you, Neil? I'm all right, thank you. Welcome to the program. Thanks. Do you like how I said program in tribute to the fact that you guys are from a different country than me? I, well, I, I don't know what you'd say under normal circumstances, so I, I, you've, only, you've just thrust some illusions into my face, unshattered them in one blow. <laughs> Thanks. So I, I want to ask you about this theatrical sideline career that you have uh, started up. All right. This is... You, you've you've been a stage actor in a number of capacities, but you've recently started doing this thing called Seen and Heard. Oh, right. Well, in did, which... Yes. Sorry, go on. You maybe you could describe what it is. It's, uh, well, it, it's it's a beautiful thing. It's it, 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 The sort of dull version of it is that it's a mentoring project where uh, you get children from a specific and slightly run-down area of London called Summerstown uh, to write short plays about inanimate objects and animals um, and then you get professional actors and good people in that to perform in them um, but really what it is it's the most exceptionally odd and glaringly stupid evening of entertainment you could see <laughs> in in any country in the world ever um, you end up with manic depressive sloths having arguments with um, hypochondriac wigs um, I've played. I mean, in, in, I've been here for about ten years. I've played water pistols, bobble-headed versions of Prince Charles. Um, I, I, I played a cigarette who got um, beaten to death by a. I think it was a blind horse. Uh, they're very, they're very good. Basically, they're very good. How how do they set this up? Is there a list of inanimate objects and animals that well, they have to pull from? What or? they do, well, what you do is they have a, you have a nice one to one weekend. There's about ten kids and ten we call them dramaturgs in there with the kids. And on the first in the in the morning, you basically it, you you make them to get, get them to make a big list of objects and animals, and then you go down them and say, well, which of these do you think you have specialist knowledge about? And it might be a boy who was brought up in Egypt. He might say, oh. Egyptian bees are fatter than English bees. You, know, you could base a play on that. People have made sitcoms out of less. So, uh, and then and then you sort of you rummage the idea out of them, and then you write down what they say verbatim, so that there's a lot of 
There's a lot of wrong language in them, a lot of absurdity, and uh, and they're usually played absolutely. You don't play them comically at all. You play the stakes. So you know, if um, if my Hoover has fallen in love, then he's he's really in love. And when he does get stabbed to death in a shed at the end uh, over a over a gold medal, um, you know that's <laughs> it's played for the tragedy. And of course, the audience are laughing uh, because because well, Hoover can't die. <laughs> I think that's why they're laughing. But yes, let's uh, recommend it. Cheers. <laughs> Playing for the nation that just can't get enough hollow notes. A stand-up comedian and improviser who can be seen regularly at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in Hollywood, Miss Eliza Skinner. Hi, Eliza. How are you? Hi, Jesse. I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm tremendous. <laughs> um, as long as we're talking about side projects, mm-hmm. uh, you happen to be working on a web series recently in which you had the opportunity to make a very interesting casting decision. Yes. I, I got to bring my own cat in for a small cameo. <laughs> it was very exciting. Cat um, meow. Uh, yes, cat it was meow. a cat meow um, in which he did some motion catcher. <laughs> <laughs> he actually did. They made him a little, a little green suit with the, with the bobbles on it and everything. Uh, Everyone was very impressed with him. <laughs> like Shaquille O'Neal for a basketball video game? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they had like the little wire uh, frame thing on the computer. It didn't quite match up, but it, it, was, it, was, it was very fun. Um, he has, he's polydactyl. He has extra digits. Oh. So it's like he's got like thumbs and uh, people will don't notice that at first. And so they're like, oh, he's so cute. And then they'll either they'll see the extra digits and they'll either be like, oh, that's even neater. Or they'll be like, oh, God, oh, Nightmare disgusting. <laughs> what is wrong with your cat? And I was really worried because he's normally pretty laid back, but um, sometimes he gets nervous. And when he gets nervous, normally he calms himself down by humping his stuffed animal. And uh, as as we, <laughs> as, all we do, all do. as we all do, as we all do, and I have forgotten that that's weird to people because I'm <laughs> so used to it. Just like, oh, somebody's freaking out. Give him his bunny. Um, <laughs> and then I realized walking in, like, oh, I can't do that in front of these people. We have to. We're, sex is not allowed in public, not even for cats. Uh, so so we had to just keep him calm. In other species sex specifically. Well, yeah, you know what? I tried getting him a stuffed cat, a stuffed dog. Didn't want it. He was only into a little white bunny. He's got he's got very specific tastes. Sure, and it's and good, isn't it? Be? Because the, then any offspring will be uh, sterile if they're from different yeah. species. So you won't have to worry about you know a breeding population of sort of half fictional fluffy cat rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the half fictional animals are the worst. Yeah, it's true. So he only likes white bunnies then. So he's a, yeah. a racist. He's a big pervert. black cat. Yes, he is. Yeah, yeah. He's got. He's. You know what? He's got specific tastes. Sure. <laughs> There's a market for that. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he's Especially got a lot of videos if you out add there. In the mocap suit. <laughs> yeah, he can be anything. He can be a dragon. <laughs> is uh, is that bunny's name? Horribly traumatized. <laughs> I didn't bother naming the bunny. I, I, I don't, you don't want to name something crueler. you watch get raped all the time. <laughs> oh my god! What? Too much? You're too the far? Reason too much? Things happen. <laughs> Bad things. <laughs> also representing Lady Liberty on this week's program, uh, television writer and stand-up comedian, Mister Asterios Kokonos. How are you doing, Asterios? I'm doing great, Jesse. How are you doing? Oh, I'm tremendous. I'm happy to have you on the program. Not least because I just visited your website and got to enjoy a few videos of you at Comic-Con. And I think that the, you know, stand-up interviews at Comic-Con are are well-worn territory, except that you did them on behalf of a company that makes plastic armor. Yes, the 
largest cosplay armor company <laughs> in the United States. Thanks, uh, Lamellar Plastic Armor hired me to to dress up in plastic armor and, in their words, do whatever you want. <laughs> and uh, so I, I set up some challenges for myself. You got uh, yourself a white stuffed bunny. <laughs> exactly. But it makes me feel better. Come on. You sure. can't take that away from me. Sure. It's a lot of people. You're not used to being around that many people. No, it's scary. These extra thumbs bother me. <laughs> and You uh, are just like somebody I know. I can't think of who. Well, we should mention that Asterios has extra thumbs. Yeah, but but hopefully, I, right now I'm giving everybody four thumbs up. So <laughs> I love you guys, all you guys. Uh, what, one of the challenges that I set up for myself down at Comic Con was I want it, at Comic Con they always give away free stuff. They call it swag. I wanted to see how much swag I could collect in a single hour. So it was just shots of me frantically running around the Comic Con floor putting. Uh, free buttons uh, to advertise the new uh, Back to the Future cell phone game in a bag. <laughs> and at the end of it, I, I go, and now I'm going to do what everyone does with their Comic-Con swag, throw it in the garbage. <laughs> and it's just a shot of me just dumping like 50 pounds of stuff people really want in a giant dumpster. <laughs> America! America, yay! Was there anything that you were sorry to see go? Um... Oh, uh, what was honestly no? Because everything was gross. <laughs> like, <laughs> like there was there was this poster, and it was for this guy's comic book, and the comic book was just called Whore, <laughs> and it was just a dude covered in like three naked ladies. And I talked to the creator, and he and he's like, "Yeah, this guy'll do anything to get the hit done." And I was just like, "I can't wait to throw this in the garbage." Oh, oh my god. <laughs> And to think, I got kicked off of stage at Comic-Con this year for saying the phrase oral sex. Uh, oh, my God. I love that. I love that it was it was even it was that clinical, too. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, we prefer uh, carpet munching. We can't put it that way. Which character you were you been... ascribing oral sex to? Was it a particular favorite of uh, the Comic-Con oh, audience? Was the Punisher yeah, sucking mean... somebody off? Or... <laughs> they won't have that. The no, no, problem he, was... It Teeth, wouldn't he, the Punisher? <laughs> the problem was that I had claimed that all sex came from or was performed upon Galactus. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. That, that just didn't go over well with certain comic book partisans. Sure, it could only be performed on Galactus by Ego, the living planet, who I always thought did have quite an inviting <laughs> mouth. <laughs> I feel like you were probably more qualified to be doing this show from Comic-Con than I oh, was. No, 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 no. All right, real quick, though. Ego the Living Planet versus <laughs> that Green Lantern Living Planet, that planet that is a Green Lantern. What do you think? Oh, I, I'm, I, well, I, I innately believe that the Marvel Universe is superior because the heroes are further from God, which means inevitably any planet on the DC side will beat the other planet on the Marvel side in a fight. But I'd hope that Ego would go down, you know, whinging about his relationship with his mother-in-law or something in that Marvel fashion. <laughs> so the, it, the moral victory would be Ego's, even as... What is the name of the, the Green Lantern planet? I have no idea. No. I wasn't really into it because I have friends. <laughs> yes, I understand they were a possibility. Yeah. Asterios, you were scheduled to perform on a great show uh, called Tournament of Nerds that actually was set to go on the stage that we got kicked off of shortly after our show was scheduled to finish. Um, yes. uh, did you get a command to keep things clean? 
Uh, yes, I'm, I'm yeah. part of a show on the Nerdist called The Tournament of Nerds, and it's at the Nerdist YouTube site. And my argument was I was representing Green Lantern, and I was going up against a guy representing Michael Jordan's character, Michael Jordan from Space Jam. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, it's like a debate. So we try to see who's better, whatever we debate. We kind of try to throw each other off our game. And, uh, and right before we got on stage, someone was like, Jordan Jesse Go did the filthiest things ever. <laughs> and there are kids out there in the audience. So you go super duper PG. And would super duper PG be G? <laughs> yeah, they should have just said go GG, but then we would have thought of GG Allen and then we might have gone worse. Okay. Right. <laughs> now my my entire argument was based around Michael Jordan's disgusting Hitler mustache. <laughs> I was saying things like, how can you have a Hitler mustache? It's 2012. Have you never heard of Hitler? You know Hitler was terrible, right? And you have his mustache? And and these guys were like, you can't say anything risque or offensive. So I go out there and I'm like, Michael Jordan has a mustache that's very similar to the mustache a certain dictator had in the 40s. <laughs> you know the dictator I'm talking about. He was a bad guy. And the audience was, I think they kind of didn't get it because they were just a bunch like of kids. Mussolini's right. mustache? <laughs> like Stalin's mustache? I'm talking, of course, about Hirohito's Fu Manchu. <laughs> and, uh, and then, of course, my host, as soon as my argument's done, he just goes into his microphone, you can say Hitler. <laughs> and I was like, great, thanks. I'm so glad I heard about it. So thanks for telling but me. But not if you're talking about Hitler the sex act. <laughs> <laughs> well, Asterios, Eliza, Ava, Neil, thanks for joining us on International Waters. Let's get this thing kicked off. We're going to start the show, as always, with a little pop culture warm-up called What's the Story? I'll be asking our panelists questions about a variety of recent cultural events. They'll be awarded two points for correct answers or one point for incorrect answers that amuse me. Uh, <laughs> since buzzers would upset the beautiful fjord life that surrounds me right now, and the last thing we want to do is upset the fjord life, Please choose a buzz-in word that you think best represents your country. I'm going to go to the United States first. What single word do you think best represents the U.S. of A.? Um, chicken fingers. <laughs> oh, I was going to say Kardashian, but I feel like it's the same thing, so let's go with yours since you said it first. Thank you. Sounds like chicken fingers is your word. I presume that you've, that you've made that into one long word. Chicken fingers. <laughs> Yeah, gotcha. It's okay. my screen name. That's, that's good. It'll help you. Chicken fingers 69. No yeah, there we go. <laughs> Chicken fingers 420. 420. Yeah! <laughs> oh, God. You I just got these sweet drugs out of this pigeon's belly. Man, it's chicken fingers somewhere. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, UK, what word do you think best represents your nation? What's the equivalent of chicken fingers over here? I'm, I have I have no idea. Beans crab sticks. Oh, Crab sticks. Is crab good. sticks? Is okay. that something? Well, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. if you crab don't know sticks. what it is, then that's our word. <laughs> <laughs> if we can add a little bafflement each time we say it, then we're winning. Yep, crab sticks. Crab sticks. Good. I like that. Okay. Okay, guys, get your buzzwords ready. Crab sticks. Here's our crab question. Crab, crab, sorry. <laughs> Which reality television star recently had a noise complaint filed against them by their neighbors? Crab sticks. UK. Is it Kim Kardashian? 
No, it was not. Um, and I'm not. That was not also not funny. So I'm not going to give you a point. More <laughs> chicken. More fingers. sad than funny. Okay, just, you ask. Just a guess. David Coulier on Celebrity Fit Club for screaming too much about how much weight he still had. <laughs> I have not seen Celebrity Fit Club. Um, I only vaguely remember who Dave Coulier is, but your commitment to that answer <laughs> was so admirable that I'm going to give you a point. The correct answer was Susan Boyle. Oh. The Britain's Got Talent star oh, yeah. was apparently singing so loud that her neighbors couldn't hear their TV. So I think I speak for everyone when I say I'm glad the loud noise was from singing and not sex. <laughs> because, <laughs> Ew. <laughs> no, she shouldn't be happy. <laughs> I think she Here's holds her breath question. <laughs> Barack and Michelle Obama recently attended a Team USA basketball game and were forced to do what? Chicken fingers. Chicken fingers. Wow, the U.S. really was on top of that one. What do you got, Eliza? Kiss. Yes, that's absolutely correct for two points. They tried to, they put the kiss cam on him, and the first time Michelle was like, no thanks. And then the second time she was like, all right. <laughs> that's absolutely correct. What was actually less reported was that afterwards the president joked with his wife about them being on a fuck cam. <laughs> Which she didn't think was funny at all. How many times it got to take for the fuck cam, Michelle? It turns out she didn't think that was funny at all. Here's our next question. A new study shows that which website is becoming a major destination for people looking for news? Chicken fingers. U.S. Craigslist. <laughs> because they want the news screamed at them by a weird naked guy. Can we give him a... Can we, can we, is that our only answer? Eliza, what have you got? Twitter. No, you're both wrong. Dang it. Mine was good, though. You're both Mine wrong. Was funny. <laughs> was I, funny. I'll give Asterios a point just for saying Craigslist because almost nothing that happens on Craigslist isn't, if not intentionally funny, at least sad enough to be funny <laughs> if you have enough separation from it, which we do. Sorry. Um, what's Craig's, UK... Isn't Craigslist where they list pedophiles? <laughs> You're thinking of Sarah's Law, I think. <laughs> there must be some interaction between Craigslist and Sarah's Law. <laughs> Sarah's List, Craig's Law? Sarah was a terrible pedophile, apparently. <laughs> she had this weird list. UK, have you got a guess for this one? No. I, I, I mean, I, because, because I have a very broad definition of news, because I have a very narrow life, that any <laughs> anything that happens that wasn't... The previous state of the universe seems like news to me, so I, I just have to guess, like, everything. Um, the correct answer is actually YouTube, although it should, be, it should be pointed out that news in this context means specifically complicated and cute wedding proposals and cats <laughs> falling off of things into boxes. Yeah, that's news for me. I'm, I'm, all, I'm for that. I don't see, I don't see why you're chuckling. <laughs> I, I will definitely say that I love my news with a lot of jump cuts and funny faces. And for me, the news has to start with, hey, guys. Okay. <laughs> In a new ad promoting her fragrance, Lady Gaga posed nude with what covering her adult areas? Crab sticks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's not correct, but oh. it's worth a point. I suppose US, they're, they're more guess? inserted than anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's more than I wanted to think about with regard to crab sticks and Lady Gaga. Uh, uh, wigs. 
Just a pile of wigs. <laughs> that is Lady Gaga esque. Asterios, you look like you've got a guess. Madonna CDs. <laughs> <laughs> That's worth a point. It's incorrect. The correct answer is tiny naked men. Oh, this is a horrible image. Or, <laughs> as Lady Gaga calls it, her outfit for Lazy Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> because she usually dresses in something strange. Yes. That's why. Or full-size men. That is... That's why that is. Were they living, breathing men? Were they little homunculi? Has she got an alchemist (laughs) working for her somewhere, cooking tiny men? I presume that she used the power of technology. Oh, oh, hello. She's got a massive gay following, hasn't she? So maybe she put like little men on there just, you know, to remind them why they are gay. I don't know. (laughs) I've got a feeling that she hasn't got the nicest vagina, which is why she draws attention to everything else. I think she's got a dry vagina. She looks. She sounds like she's in pain sometimes. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry. Is that your theory is yeah. that she is making up for an unpleasant vagina yes. most great by start. becoming the world's most successful pop star? Most great artists yes. are. I think the only way, <laughs> That's the only a story way we can, with a lot of we, them. The only way we can find this out is by we need to sit, uh, watch all the recordings of her sitting down on a, on a, on a chat show and listen for a rustle. <laughs> or a squeak. Or a squeak, yes. One of the you two. You know, that has actually motivated a lot of great people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Jordan is actually an example of that. Absolutely. He says that in his biography. Dry, Dry as vagina. a desert down there. I wasn't allowed to bring that up. <laughs> that was my whole rebuttal. <laughs> At the end of that round, the U.S. cleaning the clocks of the U.K. with a score of 5-1. to one. We've got a brand new round on International Waters that we're calling A Word from Our Sponsors. In this round, we ask each team to listen to some clips from commercials from the opposing team's country with the product's name beeped out. After each clip, we'll ask you to guess what product is being advertised. Points will be given for correct answers and for funny ones. And all you have to do here, folks, is just guess what type of product it is. The first question for America. This product was voted Britain's favorite commercial in 2009, and the musical soundtrack has been in use for nearly 40 years. It stiffens the sinews of every British person that hears it. What product is this advertisement for? Last stop on round will be old Ma Peggotty's place. Twas like taking to the top of the world. Twas a grand ride back though. I knew would have cattle on and doorsteps of our ready. There's in that say, get it inside your boy, and you'll be going up that hill as fast as you come down. Still has many times more than ordinary. It's as good for you today as it's always been. So, with that dirge-like tune, what product was being advertised? Uh, Willabottom's Tinned Mushy Veggies. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? What's funny about that is that was not a commercial for Willabottom's Tinned Mushy Mushy veggies, but we do have one coming up later in this in this oh, round that I'm going to have to remove. Oh no! Because you guessed it. That's of course the most popular tinned mushy veggies <laughs> in all of the UK. I'll give you a point for that. The correct answer 
actually, despite that nightmarishly <laughs> depressing music, it is not an ad for poison or guns to be used for suicide. <laughs> it is for a bread called Hovis. Okay, UK, it's your turn now. This commercial was a staple of American television in the mid-1990s. I'm sure I heard the word volatile there, which makes me think it's <laughs> probably some kind of um, acid-impregnated shower gel. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a fair assumption. Okay. Ava, have you got a guess here? I don't know. Probably something edible. You know what you like. like. <laughs> yes, it's, 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 a, it's the most no refreshing part no of the pig. No self-control. Which is probably the... I suppose the snout's got air holes, hasn't it? So. That was actually, uh, I'm going to give you guys a point for that. Thanks. That was actually an advertisement for Mentos, the mint that f- helps you find creative solutions to life's problems. Wow. Oh. Like that one where all those uh, weird Dutch-looking guys lift up a Volkswagen Beetle. Or the, or the one they get into the party by going through the, the, uh, the, the limo. Yeah. They're like, what? I'm in the limo. I wasn't. I just got in one side and got out the other. Oh, Man. it's a good time. These people are crazy. <laughs> you know why? Because they got those Mentos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Makes the them fresh, fresh maker. And, fresh and full of life. Okay. Here's something for the U.S., a famous U.K. campaign from the 1980s. <laughs> If a complete stranger suddenly gives you flowers, that's impulse. Impulse is the and mischief is the new impulse. It's making mischief all over town. What is impulse, U.S.? Some kind of fragrance thing, like a like a soap or a deodorant or perfume or. Yeah, I'm gonna say that it's the perfume that gives you the confidence. To go after the girl that you've been in love with in the office the whole time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But- I'm going to give you guys two points for that. Yeah! Impulse is the UK lady equivalent of Axe body spray. Yeah! Ooh. It turns girls so into douchebags. It's all of those things together. <laughs> <laughs> We've got one more for the UK here. This summer-themed advertisement is for a new twist on an old American favorite. Here it is, a cool slightly transformed, just a bit of a break from the norm. Welcome to summer with <laughs> It's everything you love. <laughs> with a twist of 100% natural <laughs> for ultimate <laughs> Summer is calling. So it's it's a twist of so, everything you love, uh, everything you love, but with a twist. Is it is it a prostitute that's willing to dress as your wife? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a point for that. It's actually Bud Light Lime. Oh, uh, it is a lime flavored light beer, sort of like a Sprite that gets you drunk. 
Nice. Um, Did that sell? Is it still selling? Yeah. Yeah, it's quite popular. In fact, our head writer, Jordan Morris, keeps a crate of it on hand at all times. (laughs) It takes away the... uh, the pesky effort of having to squeeze lime into your Bud Light. Yeah, absolutely. I don't have time for that. I'm busy getting fatter. (laughs) (laughs) But it's light. Uh, Okay. Well, the UK has closed the gap slightly. However, the US still has a significant lead coming out of round two. Sounds like someone's not minding the gap. Oh! (laughs) Save your victory. We've got healthcare. (laughs) That is true. That is fair and true. She's right. You're listening to International Waters. I'm your host, Jesse Thorne, and now is the time on the show where we welcome a special guest. Joel Stein is a humorist and longtime columnist for Time magazine. He's been a talking head on pop culture TV programs like I Love the 80s, and he's the author of a new book, Man Made, A Stupid Quest for Masculinity. The birth of his first child, a boy, made him evaluate the state of his masculinity, and he decided that in order to prepare to be a good dad, he should study masculinity and shadow a few real men in their daily lives. Um, Joel, how long ago did you have this uh, baby boy? He is three. That's pretty tremendous. Now, I have a one-year-old baby boy, and I myself am somewhat concerned that I may be insufficiently masculine to be a dad. Well, you're, you're manlier than me, but yeah, you've, those socks are not a good sign, for sure. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm a San Francisco native, so That's not good. my masculinity is of a different type. Yeah, any type? or Well, you know, like I could probably, I'd probably look pretty good in like... You know, a leather halter top. Oh, c- could you pull that off? <laughs> yeah, probably. I don't at think the you Folsom could. Street Fair. No, that's that's a, that's a whole <sighs> extreme of masculinity. I, I I would dare you to try that. That's chaps and that kind of thing. That's <laughs> super manly. <laughs> so, yeah. what kind of deficits did you think that you had uh, that you needed to address in uh, preparing to have this baby boy? It was everything. It was sports. It was camping. I'd never camped before. So I went camping with the Boy Scouts uh-huh. uh, for my first time. I earned my first badge. What badge did you earn? Well, just the basic "You're a Boy Scout" flirtily badge. Um, a f- you're a f- <laughs> you're a Boy Scout flirtily. <laughs> no, you are I mean, clearly like, a Boy Scout. An ad- is there an ad? Are the, all the badges based on adverbs? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Now it's even less manly that I've said this out loud. But the fleur de lis is oh, there right. is the basic Boy Scout badge um you got an attendance badge i, I got participation well no badge. i had to tie a, a square knot uh-huh and i had to learn the secret handshake which i can't tell you about oh no and i had to um say that i believed in god which i don't and so i almost didn't get my badge wow yeah the uh the second level of boy scout is this rank called tenderfoot uh-huh. are you are you a tenderfoot yes but <laughs> it took me three years to get <laughs> and so when it was awarded to me, I really clearly remember every other Boy Scout laughing at me. You were the <laughs> oldest tenderfoot ever. And even the Scoutmaster at some point was just like, well, I guess I got to laugh too. Because this <laughs> took you forever. Afterwards, the Scoutmaster was like, you know, a lot of people could get tenderfoot in like a night. 
<laughs> wow. I am actually a Girl Scout Gold Award recipient, which is the equal of being a um, uh, an Eagle Scout. Wow. So I think I'm the highest ranking scout in the room. Were you like 17 or 18 when you were still a Girl Scout? Uh, 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 I was 15 or 16, yeah. <laughs> I, I was a Girl Scout until I graduated from high school, which I did a little early, and was still a Girl Scout and was not a cool person at all. Boys must have loved that. Oh, no. No, no. Wait, were you like 16 and going door to door selling cookies? Uh, no. I mean, flirtily? Uh, no. <laughs> you, you don't make good cookie sales that way. What you want to do is park outside of a grocery store with cookies you've already pre ordered. Because uh, people don't like the, like, yeah, I'll pay you in a few months. Once you say cookies to them, they want cookies in hand. Right. Well, but you have the capital to invest in that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you know get my parents in, involved sure. and you'd get like a case or two. I was not a good cookie salesperson. Even at 16, but. I think there'd be a whole group of men who would want to buy Girl Scout cookies from a 16 year old Girl Scout. <laughs> no, no. I think you're picturing the wrong 16 year old Girl Scout. <laughs> <laughs> Picture I'd, one in a lot of, a lot of like Bloom County t shirts, <laughs> um, making a lot of science jokes and, and, and picking at her skin. <laughs> I would like to point out that. The Girl Scout uniform is not the same as the slutty Girl yes, Scout uniform exactly. you, you might think of from Halloween. Yeah, no. It was a small I think vest. you're wrong. <laughs> so the Scout's a big thing over there then. Were you a Scout, Neil? I was never. I wasn't allowed to go to Scouts because one of the major bullies at our school, uh, well, his father, ran it. So I went for one week and uh, I was Aww. permanently, well, no, partially blinded. for It was three weeks I was... I was sorry to render this bleak, but over here it's a little there aren't cookies or anything like that where there are sort of um, there are terrible rituals it's much more like um, masonic sort of thing over here there's uh, rolling up of trouser legs and the frank abuse of children. <laughs> Wait, rolling up trouser legs? Is the king of scouts in England mid-1990s LL Cool J? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I, I was told, and I think this is true, in England, scouts are not segregated by gender. You're all just scouts together. Is that no, right? No, that's not true. They Maybe are segregated because the boys are scouts and then they've got girl guides. But we let them breed. Yeah. They're breeding camps. <laughs> they are. Yeah, my dad is British, and he would always be like, oh, you're off to Girl Guides. And I'm like, no, Dad, it's Girl Scouts. God, I hate you. <laughs> I was a lovely girl. Look at my geode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yeah, you're getting the picture. <laughs> um, Joel, you actually looked for role models in the process of uh, researching and writing this book. And one of the role models that you picked was actually a Boy Scout, <laughs> or at least a very young boy. Yes, Wiggles, you mean. Yeah. Yeah, there was a boy named Wiggles who gave me a lot of guidance during that weekend. Yeah. Gave me great advice. What kind of advice did you get from him? Oh, it was, um, you know, let your kids play all the video games they want, even if they're MA. But it was also really useful. It was like, be on them about grades, but don't stand with them when the bus picks them up. It was like incredibly smart, useful advice I listed in the book. That's pretty solid. Okay, I was very impressed to hear that as part of your manliness training, you actually managed to convince someone to let you day trade with $100,000 of their money. (laughs) Yeah, that was like the one blue state thing I do in the book, because otherwise I was like getting in the ring with Randy Couture for a round. The MMA champion. Yeah, yeah, I did some uh, some fighting and I uh, did three days of boot camp with the army, but it was that was all like a lot of American masculinity compared to British masculinity is this Scotch kind of Southern Sir Walter Scott um, Hatfields and McCoys very specific, loud, obnoxious 
masculinity compared to the British, like, which I always think of as keep calm and carry on, sipping tea while the bombs are fall- falling. Oh, no, not, not these emotion. days. British masculinity is like, can you sink like 20 pints of beer without vomiting? And if you vomit, you're a pussy. <laughs> and if your dog fight wins the dog fight, you have to fight the dog. <laughs> <laughs> so no one right. wins. <laughs> so to get back to this $100,000, how did you convince someone right. to let you use their money to do something that you were completely unprepared and untrained for? It was pretty amazing. It was it, I did it in like I posted on some Wall Street website that I wanted to do this and like a day later a guy in Chicago offered to let me day trade his money and he spent one day teaching me and then let me trade it. It was amazing. Did you, how did you end up? I don't want to brag. But before fees, I was up seventy dollars. Wow. Yeah, huh? how about that? And after fees, about twenty dollars. That's not bad. No, not twenty at all. bucks Maybe for a day's 40. work. Yeah. No, yeah, that beats exactly. Time Magazine a lot. Yes, <laughs> beats all of journalism. Not not podcasting, but print print journalism. You hung out with firefighters for a full day. Yes, um, firefighters are a very special breed. My aunt and uncle were firefighters in Virginia when I was growing up. I got to you know, go sit on the fire truck and stuff. So what is it like in their special world? It's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Because unlike cops who are good with confrontation, these people uh, are only called in when you ask them to come in. Their only beef is with the elements. So they have a they're much nicer, much more friendly attitude. And they have a frat house at their disposal. It's the only <laughs> profession that we allow to have a frat house. Like there are other things that take place over 24 hours, like, you know, CNN or cops or water and power, but we don't give them a house to live in. Right. So, and they, they're just guys and they spend their whole time. Like I walked in from one run and guys were welding. Um, <laughs> they're just constantly doing guy stuff. And when we, they cook. And then when we clean the dishes, instead of just assigning someone to clean the dishes, they played a game, a very complicated game involving a basketball and some other sports things and it took way longer than it would take to actually just clean the dishes (laughs) but the great thing is afterwards like there there was a losing team that had to clean the dishes and we all just cleaned the dishes that's tremendous they just wanted to play a game and they're pretty handsome i've seen them on calendars oh yeah no matter how much my house is on fire my wife will never meet these guys (laughs) i will let it burn for sure they're disgusting and it's a horrible way to choose people who save our lives like Restaurant hostesses, sure. Yeah. It's okay to be unfair and pick the hot ones. But firefighters, I think we shouldn't choose on the basis of how good-looking they are. They have to have a two-year degree though. as well. That should be Do quite I? important because they're, they're at risk, aren't they? And then if something bad happens to them, you want them to look good in the newspaper report. <laughs> I suppose the Burns may only average out their looks. <laughs> and there's a calming element of having a very, very good-looking man no, there. I don't, no, no. <laughs> what? If my house is on fire and I, on top of all the panic I'm getting from my wife blaming me and not grabbing stuff, there's a good-looking guy? See, I, f- I would find that so soothing. Of course you would. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, no, I'm on board. I want, like, Lon Chaney. Yes. <laughs> or Dick Chaney. Any of the Chaneys. <laughs> I want a Chaney hosing down my house. Hosing it down. Okay, so, Joel, you did all of this different stuff, and I guess the ultimate question is, how do you think that doing these things changed you and actually did prepare you to father a child? Well, first of all, having sons, I think our sons are going to want to do things like go camping uh, and throw a baseball and all Uh that stuff. So just being able to do that stuff with my son without panicking, that that was useful. (laughs) 
But moreover, this was really just a list of things I was afraid of, most of which had to do with confrontation. And so I think I'm a little, I'm less afraid to just push myself beyond my boundaries now, which is the important thing. But secondly, like, I'm not afraid of getting in arguments as much as I was. I'm not afraid of dogs anymore after having one for two weeks. I'm not. So I think it was about just confronting some fears. And, uh, and a lot of masculinity is just kind of doing things you're afraid to do. Like all the Marines and Army guys I met, they were afraid of heights. They just like convinced themselves to do it anyway. Uh, did you? Are you ready to coach your son's little league team when the time comes? I am ready to assistant assistant coach my son's <laughs> little league team, which is a big step up for me. Yeah, sure. Well, yeah. you, you got to keep that Gatorade thing full. Totally, I, I'm I'm confident about that now. Good hustle. There's. A- <laughs> God, this is all really impressive. We don't take parenting that seriously here. Even our prime minister left his kid in the pub. That's right. <laughs> yeah, he would He would not do well here. <laughs> well, Joel, thanks for joining us on International Waters. We're excited to have you. Thanks. This has been fun. Joel, as a thank you for coming on our program, we're giving you the gift of career advice. Our panel of show business experts is ready to pitch you some potential new projects for you, Time Magazine columnist and author, Mr. Joel Stein. Whichever project you like the best, the team that pitched it will get 10 points. So we're going to start with our friends in the UK who are currently behind just a little bit. You've got roughly 60 seconds we're ready to start that clock. Tell us what you think Joel Stein should take up as his next project. I think you should bring your sons up as women. <laughs> or at least one, and then you've got a control as well. How, how would he best do that? It's to rebalance the, the sort of gender sway that you've caused by manning up. I think one of your children has to be sacrificed. It, not, not, you know, not, not to death, but certainly humiliated amongst his peers. Exactly. I agree with that. I think that's a brilliant idea. What would be the best way of going about bringing a child up as a woman? Well, you know, well, a male I, child. We, me and my daughter do dress my son up as a girl. Oh, really? Sometimes. Yeah, yeah, we do, yeah, when he gets on our nerves. And uh, we take him out like that. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure how it really, I don't know. Cause well, you could do, it, it, this is meant to be a career thing, so obviously, it, you know, bring out till maybe 16. I don't know when you're, uh, you know, when you're allowed to throw them out of home there. But then cast him out on his own. And it, obviously, you'll have to write some other books in the meantime. But um, maybe they could just be sort of coffee table photo books of him sobbing in a dress. <laughs> <laughs> That's time. I like that the UK is pitching you nightmarish sort of Stanford prison experiment style psychological, sociological activities. But it's so British. That's a, that's a Bowie song, that's a Who song, and a Kink song. <laughs> they love that cross-dressing stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay, U.S., you know what you've got to beat. You've got 60 seconds. Give us a pitch for Joel Stein's next project. All right. I say heighten it, go even further with the masculinity, mm-hmm. make it into a musical. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> right? Am I right? We get a lot of a lot of Frank Wildhorn, a lot of like, like, I'm a man singing about being a man, that kind of stuff. High kicks, a lot of like uh, really great set pieces swirling in. I mean, men need more representation on Broadway. That's what I say. Okay, and where are you going to put this musical? Well, I think the perfect place to do it is... On, in your front yard, mm. in front of your neighbors and all of his friends. I'd like you to videotape this, set up a Twitter account, Tumblr account, and a Tout account. And I want you to like just keep videotaping your son, singing directly in the camera, uploading it to the web, and then just seeing what happens. <laughs> Instant viral hit. 
Absolutely. There's nothing manlier than having a very high clout score. I think we can all agree oh, yeah. that you want to have a, a really big social media following. If what you is want to a, be a man? Dude. I am a man. Am I a man? Stop How it. many likes did I get today? Not enough. I guess I'm not a man. That's time. <laughs> so I guess this pitch is a sort of combination of two things that go perfectly together. Of course, musical theater, the great American art form, and social media, the great American thing you do at work when you should be working. <laughs> um, you've got two pretty distinctive choices here. Raising your, raising your second son as a woman, keeping your first son as a man in order to use him as a control, uh, then releasing him at 16, kicking him out of the home and writing a book about that, or writing, uh, writing and having your son perform a musical on the front yard, videotaping it and using it to promote your social media presence. <laughs> Which career advice will you certainly, definitely, 100% take? Do other people get money-making ideas when they sit here? <laughs> of course not. These, oh, okay. people, these people are not business people. We're comedians. <laughs> if we had money-making ideas, we would not be here. <laughs> <laughs> they would be convincing people to give them $100,000 to day trade with. Well, I, uh, I love musicals. That, that's, I'm the kind of guy, you could tell, who wrote this book, who would love musicals. The idea of performing them on my front lawn is certainly less appealing. Your than... son performed, not you. You can just watch. You're them doing them on Broadway. You're yeah, an there's another cast type. on Broadway. Have you ever seen Smash? Come on, you're a producer. <laughs> I I think I'm... we're not Deborah messing around here. Give us your answer. Hey. Pew pew. <laughs> Yeah, I got to go with the musical. I'm kind of excited about that. Well, congratulations. That's 10 points to the United States of America, which makes the score USA 18, UK 3. My son sings uh, Singing in the Rain around the house, so I think he might be okay at this. That's fantastic. He's halfway to being a girl. (laughs) (laughs) That's the Gene Kelly part. (laughs) My, My youngest brother, who is 14 years younger than I am, as a small toddler, would gather everyone in the living room, then announce that he was a walk star, and then sing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, and then say he was Michael Jackson. <laughs> and then did he touch himself? <laughs> and now he's 16 years old, and he's applying to musical theater conservatory. Is that so right? it could work. Oh, I like this plan a lot. It could what work. What is a man? I am a man. Am I a man? I just, uh, that's the How thing that many retweets in. did I get? <laughs> exactly enough. I guess I'm a man. You're going to be sharing Shows. royalties with them. <laughs> Our idea was a gift. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to the next round, shall we? So since Joel wrote the book, or at least a book, about masculinity, we thought he could quiz our panel on some women who have been in the news recently, thus turning the tables on his area of expertise. Um, Our first question goes to the UK, and this is the usual format. Two points for a correct answer, one point for one that amuses me. So I just read this question? Yeah, just read it. This seems hard. You can do it. We should have practiced. As of this recording, this famous conservative still hasn't been invited to the Republican National Convention. Is that it? Do I read more? That's it. Great. Well, I'm, I mean, if it's, there's only one really famous uh, conservative 
typewritten, and that's Margaret Thatcher, who um, <laughs> she's she's pri- primarily f- female. But um, is it are there American conservatives as well? I don't know what you're doing over there. I, I thought you were even more centrist than us. But um, is, has Margaret Thatcher ever been invited over there? Is it she... doesn't matter. She's quite. She's she's lost it now. You could tell her that she's been. That's she true. Didn't know. That would be fine. And she's sort of she's sort of androgynous. Uh, she always was, but now the, the, the iron is sort of rusted into... You really can't tell any contours through through her underwear <laughs> anymore. Not that I've, I've, I haven't watched that video, I'm sorry. But that's that's the only answer I can offer, Ava. I, I would agree with you. Thanks. It's got to be her. Well, I'm going to give you a point for that, just because uh, just talking about Margaret Thatcher in an inappropriate way is always funny. <laughs> Thanks. However, the correct answer is Sarah Palin. Oh, of course. Uh, I I guess it seems far-fetched, but you would almost think that they might think that she would embarrass them. Mm. Does that seem possible? Uh, why? That it. seems crazy, right? She can see Russia from her house. Seems crazy. Well, what did Palin think of the Falklands? <laughs> <laughs> Was she into invading it? Well, let's find out. Here's a question for the U.S. After a 10-year hiatus, this female-fronted rock band is back with a new single titled Settle Down. Chicken fingers. Yeah, you don't have to ring in. This oh. one was directed directly at you, oh, Eliza. Sorry. Nice to hear it. I'm though. American. <laughs> um, no doubt? Yeah, you're absolutely correct. It is no doubt. In fact, I have no doubt that that is... <laughs> sorry. I, I thought you were going to say there is no doubt that the answer is the Spice Girls. <laughs> That's a weird dynamic you guys have, because when you play Trivia Pursuit, you, you you always check with your partner before blurting something out like that. Oh, I... I no. I, I she was, that one. I, the look on her face was, okay, I right. know the answer, shut up, Asterios. Oh, Eliza, no, it wasn't shut up, but you were like, go for it. So I was like, all right. Okay, yeah, as long like, as you guys are cool. Eliza, did you have any doubt about your answer? I had no doubt. Hey. <laughs> uh, our next question is for the UK. This popular website recently named Marissa Myers as its first female CEO. You porn. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That is a website. Oh, uh, I hope they have a CEO. <laughs> uh, it stands for something else, though, uh, for you, Paul. It's, uh, it's, she, went, she moved from one, uh, one search engine to the other. I think she's six months pregnant and gone to Yahoo, which was the same thing she said during conception. <laughs> That's absolutely correct for two points. This question was faulty, though. It said this popular website. Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah. It, come on. <laughs> I work at Yahoo. <laughs> and yes, that's right. <laughs> Here's another question for the U.S. What caused controversy when it was said in the sanitary towel advert in New Zealand and the Michigan House of Representatives? No. I yeah, I think I do. I believe the answer is vagina. Oh, oh, oh so close. <laughs> well, what, what was the answer? I, I think it's va- vagina. Vagina. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you're correct both times, Hysterios. The correct answer is vagina. Here's one for the UK. Yves Saint Laurent are releasing a $60 eyeshadow in a particular shade of blue to celebrate which iconic social media trend? Um, well... Uh, oh, it's, oh, I know. It's got go to be... It's got to be it's blue, isn't it? Yes. It's, it's got to be face ache. Facebook. Sorry, I call it face ache. Facebook. Mm. I suppose the other other blue. I think that's probably the right answer. There are, it's the bluest of the websites, isn't it? Again, excluding you <laughs> yes. porn in the other definition of blue. But yes, you're absolutely correct. The answer is Facebook. 
Um, this was after they scrapped plans to make a fragrance that made women smell like the Twitter whale. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of that round, the U.S. with a significant lead, 22 to 8. Joel, thank you so much for joining us on International Waters. It was really a blast. I'm Thanks, so proud Joel. Of <laughs> Joel Stein's new book, Man Made, A Stupid Quest for Masculinity, is available from the Internet and something called book stores? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Joel, thanks again. Thank you. Is that a kind of tablet? <laughs> now for a new segment we're calling My Country Can Lick Your Country Ooh. at Something Stupid. We're going to present each team with a world record, and they'll have to tell us who set that record, the U.S. or the U.K., Okay, I'm going to start with you, UK, since you're in the rear. Mm -hmm. A group of 2,569 participants recently set the world record for a dance called the Hokey Pokey in the U.S. and the Hokey Cokey in the U.K. What country was this record set in? In the... Well, I mean, I'm, I want to know why they call it hokey pokey. We'd have, though. We'd have felt if it, if it had been, yeah, that doesn't sound yeah, good. Yeah, why? It sounds much more penetrative than our version, which is much more sort of to do with snorting. And um, <laughs> I think we would have, if it was set in the UK, we'd have felt the footfall because it's quite a vigorous dance over here, and it can take up to three years. Um, so I think it's, I think it's a, that's, a, that's a US record. I think it's a hokey pokey record. You're absolutely correct. It was a hokey pokey record set in Poughkeepsie, New York. I li- I think the hokey cokey sounds like something that you would find that a uh, like a dealer would find in a uh, suitcase, and it would be the MacGuffin that uh, sets off the plot of a black exploitation movie. Right. Yeah, this ain't coke. You sent me hokey cokey. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah. You got it. I yeah. don't know if we. Sh- I don't know if we should use black voice, but no, yeah. that, uh, that so. was black exploitation <laughs> voice. Okay, That's very. Different. It was yeah, genre was a specific. White guy uh-huh. in a black exploitation movie. Anybody in a black exploitation. Gotcha. Uh, what should I know? Shouldn't shouldn't I'd like to see what the hokey pokey looks like? If you two were willing, you both look very active. <laughs> well, first you put your right foot in. Oh right. Then you take your right foot out. Oh. Then you put your right foot in. Uh-huh. Then you shake it all about. Ooh. You do the hokey pokey. <laughs> right. You turn yourself around. Hold on. And that is what it's all about. Oh, oh ours, ours is like that, but um, with a harpsichord playing underneath it. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a question for the U.S. 798 drummers recently set the world record for the most percussionists playing the same beat at the same time. In what country did they set this record? I am going to say the United States. I'm going on a limb here. Because it's really stupid. <laughs> and I'm guessing that it, that's a, a hippie drum circle at a fish-type concert. As soon as you started saying, like, drum record, like, my stomach hurt in the way that it can only <laughs> hurt if it happened in America. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, a, a delightfully complicated string of logic. However, you are incorrect. Oh. The record was set in the UK. The participants were playing for the charity Stick It to MS, uh, which is, by the way, not to be confused with the charity Stick It to SM, which is for those affected by the book Fifty Shades of Grey, or those affected by the exhausting number of jokes about the book Fifty Shades of Grey, like in Twitter hashtag games, or 
on transatlantic podcasts. <laughs> How dare those women enjoy themselves? That's all I have to say. <laughs> Here's a question for the UK. A group of 330 school children set the record for most people dressed like mobile phones in what country? Ooh, mobile phone. I mean, that's got to be us. Isn't well, it? do I'm not sure Americans go in for that degree of deception. No. Um, they're a naive race, and I think dressing dressing their children uh, it's going to wind up the the right surely dressing their children as robots or something. It's I don't, I don't, I, no, I think there's something we would do. We're do much th- more into the mobile phone culture, and we're more likely to dress our children all in the same way because we came a lot closer to fascism, didn't we? So. Yes, we did. <laughs> I, I think you're they right. It interfered with you know. Yeah, we could we right could there. if we could be living under the cosh right now under the jackboot <laughs> if it hadn't been for your tampering. <laughs> <laughs> Ava could be a baronet, a Nazi baronet, and I, on the other hand, of Jewish extraction, uh, would perhaps be toiling away in a salt mine somewhere, although my asthma probably would have kicked in. I'd have... I think it's a UK record. I think that's a UK yeah, record. I'm going to go with you, UK, definitely. That was flawless reasoning, and you're absolutely correct. A school in Harriston Valley? Is that, am I pronouncing that correctly? Hairstone Valley? Uh, Set that record. Where is that? Spell it. H A R E S T O N E. Oh, Harriston, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a nice place. Yeah. (laughs) Horrible little robot children. And you can't you can't get a mobile phone signal despite their desperate efforts. Our our researchers weren't able to dig up exactly what charity they did this on behalf of. So we're just gonna assume it was, I don't know. Baby head cancer, <laughs> something like that. We've got to stamp out baby head cancer. <laughs> Here's something for the U.S. A group of 100 baristas set the record for the most espressos made in an hour, producing 12,003 espressos. What country did they choose to set this remarkable record? I want to say the U.K. because I feel like if it was going to be in the U.S., it would have been some ridiculous coffee drink yeah. rather than just espresso. It would be like white chocolate ma- caramel macchiato junk. Half calf foam calf 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 calf. Yeah. So I'm, I'm UK. Uh, I I agree. I think it's UK. UK. You're absolutely correct. Yeah. The UK's London Bell baristas snatched the record away from a group of Polish baristas. Oh. <laughs> And so many Polish jokes right there that we're not saying. (laughs) (laughs) So at the end of that round, the U.S. currently has double the points of the U.K. team. We'll have more in just a second. This is really straining the special relationship our countries have. (laughs) Yeah, I feel less special anyway. You're listening to International Waters. We come now to the final round. The winner of this round will receive 1,000 points. Oh, I see. Making all the rounds up until now completely irrelevant. Hold up. Okay. As, all right, I'm ready. As Urkel would say, did I do that? <laughs> did you guys well, like my Urkel like impression? Urkel. Yeah, well, yes, nice. I did. That was actually what if Urkel was in a black exploitation movie. <laughs> This game is called In Defense. Each team will have 60 seconds to leap to the defense of a cultural force that is widely considered to be bad, weak, or in some cases, sucky. The best defense, as judged by me, the ultimate arbiter of all matters, will receive the points. For the UK, you'll be defending football hooliganism. The most passionate 
I'm sorry, I misread that. The drunkest British football fans often show their love for their favorite teams by starting violent riots. Though this phenomenon pops up in other countries, it's so widespread in England that in 1960 it was dubbed the English disease. UK, you're trailing. You have 60 seconds to defend football hooliganism. Well, of course, before 1960, the English disease was syphilis. So um, we, we owe English hooliganism at least uh, for improving the international sex trade in, our, in, our, in Soho. Um, but beyond that, um, in, uh, football hooliganism, is, is, it's a sort of cottage industry in a way. There's, uh, there's a, lot of, a lot of unemployment over here, and it means that men, as opposed to being on the streets all week, can be in their sheds sharpening bottles and um, putting exactly. razor blades into gloves. It's a way of bonding with people, isn't it? This is what, you're, this is what Joe Stein should have actually done. Yeah. He should have come in and been a football hooligan. Uh, you have a very formal sort of uh, blood brother type relationship over there, I understand, cutting palms and blending the blood that way, whereas we prefer there to be an intermediary, such as uh, a club or um, <laughs> perhaps exactly. a, a gloved fist. We don't like to press palm, you know, we don't want to be too aidsy. And also we're very shit at football nowadays, so we are overcompensating, rather like a man with a small penis using something instead of a penis during sex. Oh, my God, his, te- his eyes are welling up with tears. Sorry. Don't <laughs> <laughs> That's time. An eloquent defence, if ever I've heard one, that really ended with a bang. <laughs> US, you'll be defending deep-frying. From the awesome Blossom to Twinkies at the County Fair, America loves their food deep-fried and doesn't seem to mind their record percentage of fat citizens. So, you've got 60 seconds. Please defend deep-frying. Well, I'd like to say that last night at 3 a.m., I got so upset about how fat I was getting that I had a panic attack, and in order to calm myself down... I went to Wendy's, <laughs> and I got chicken nuggets and french fries, and I was like, this will make me feel better about how fat I'm getting. That's the kind of solace that deep frying gives us. Though <laughs> it's the problem, it is also the solution. <laughs> deep frying is family here. My, my first boyfriend in high school, I went to his house, and his, his family had a deep fryer built into their, uh, their, their kitchen cabinet, well, their, their kitchen counter. And that was a family that had some real solidarity. They they ate together, they fried together. <laughs> think it was all, beautiful. Think of all the memories that you've had hanging around the deep fryer. Oh god! Talking so about many. last night Seinfeld while getting uh, yeah. hit with flecks of flaming oil. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Trading stories and deep into the night as the fryer rages. Yeah. Absolutely, and there's nothing like looking into the eyes of a lover. Eyes lit by the fires of a deep fryer and saying, will you marry me and will you eat these chicken fingers? Do you have the onion ring? (laughs) Our love is blooming onion. U.S., that's time. Wow, I think we heard a beautiful defense of football hooliganism as a symptom and cure for our difficult economic times. We heard a defense of deep frying as uh, an emotional palliative Mm. for the difficult and often fractured families that we all live in. Um, Two beautiful defenses. This month on International Waters, I've got to give the victory to the United States. (gasps) (laughs) 
Well done. Well oi, oi, oi. <laughs> well done. I mean, the callback to your own team name during your defence, I thought, was elegant and deserving of the win. Mm. And I don't, I don't thrive on being patronised, so I'm very happy that you won. <laughs> I give you guys four thumbs up. So this week, at least, the United States is the best country in the whole wide world. <laughs> Apart from Iran. <laughs> Perhaps they can celebrate by making Europe more like the U.S. by declaring firearms legal and soft cheeses illegal. Oh, that's okay. It is the best country. We can say that. Half of them don't have passports, so they never know. <laughs> Tune in next time for more International Waters. Or, if you're in Europe, come and see International Waters live at the Leicester Square Theatre, London, on Saturday, 11th August. You like guys like how I said 11th August for the benefit of our uh, easily confused European listeners? Yes, very smooth. Bye-bye. You've been listening to International Waters with me, your host, Jesse Thorne, playing where Ava Vidal, Eliza Skinner, Mr. Asterios Kokonos, and Neil Edmond with special guest Joel Stein. Our theme tune is USA vs. White Noise by Lady Tron. Our thanks to them for letting us use it. Please go to a record store and buy their record albums. The script was written by Jordan Morris and Sarah Morgan. If you think you're up to writing a super fan round, just email us with a topic and some sample questions. Our email address is iw at maximumfun.org. International Waters was engineered at the new Max Fun Studios here in Los Angeles by Nick White, with some help from Lindsay Pavlis, and at Guildfree Post in London by Chris Morris. It was produced by Mr. Colin Anderson. Talk to you next time on International Waters. Tickets to our London shows are sold out, but you can still come along to the London fan meetup, 7.30 sharp at the Phoenix Artists Club on Charing Cross Road. Check in at MaximumFun.org for more details. That's the Max Fun meetup, 7.30 sharp, with me and Jordan Morris, our head writer, all the other folks from the show at the Phoenix Artists Club on Charing Cross Road. And remember, you have to get in before 8 if you want to get in.